everyone, and welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Michael Morey. And I'm Missy Lonsinger. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We can say Teamwork our names. Yeah, that definitely wasn't the third round of introing the show. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, it's, it's spooky time. So uh, we're doing a horror movie, which we rarely do on this podcast, but I'm a big horror fan. So uh, yeah, uh, thanks, you guys, for indulging me in that. Um, this week, we're talking about uh, actually probably my favorite horror film of all time. Uh, Drag Me to Hell, which was brought up by uh, a listener. Uh, shout out Eric. He basically was like, "You talk about this movie so much, I would like to see, like, hear like a recorded, like, high level thought, like, uh, podcast about what you think about this movie." And also, I don't really need an excuse to watch Drag Me to Hell because I watch it every October anyway. So that's fair. I just, yep, it was just able to roll into that 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 season of watching spooky things. So. Yeah, uh, Drag Me to Hell is a 2009 film from director Sam Raimi, written by Sam Raimi and his brother Ivan Raimi, which was written, it was actually written before the Spider-Man trilogy, which I learned today. Mm -hmm. Um, And it follows the story of Christine Brown, who is a loan officer at a bank, angling for a promotion, and she denies this uh, elderly woman uh, an extension on her mortgage. And so the woman is... um, a gypsy who curses her with a curse that will drag her to hell in seven days. Oh, yeah. Unless she uh, gifts the cursed object to someone else. And spooky hijinks ensue, and it's not enough, and Christine gets drugged down to hell in the final frame of this film. That's the movie! (laughs) Also starts with a kid getting killed. Yeah. Sure does. Yep. Uh, so what did you guys think about Drag Me to Hell? Uh, Mike, this was your first time seeing Drag Me to Hell, correct? That's right. Uh, so I thought it was at risk of incurring your wrath and uh, invoking a curse. Um, I thought it was it. <laughs> it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> um, it, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, I, it's interesting. Um, I have like kind of a love-hate thing with Sam Raimi. I respect the fact that he makes these kind of idiosyncratic, quirky, slightly corny horror movies that have a humor bent to them. Uh, but didn't really leave an impact with me one way or another. There's a couple good sequences in there. We can get into that. Um, some of the stuff like the dinner party where Christine meets uh, her boyfriend's parents, I thought was pretty like funny slash yeah. uh, gross with the, mm-hmm. the eyeball. That, like, <laughs> the eyeball comes cake. Out of the cake. Yep. Yeah, yeah, some of that was pretty good. Yeah, there's a couple good sequences like that. Um, kind of thought it was a little mean-spirited like yeah yeah it is is. which i mean like it's kind of obviously i guess kind of the point or intentional um but i don't know man that that ending kind of was rough (laughs) it's brutal it's it's brutal to christine the entire fucking movie yeah i mean like 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 like, you know did she like do kind of a a, a bad thing yes but holy crap um yeah the 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 sin that she committed definitely outweighs the crime (laughs) yeah for sure um so i don't know i mean obviously i kind of think about things in like a a justice sense and like whether or not you know meeting out punishment is uh exactly warranted in certain instances because of my background and i guess maybe like there's a catholic belief system going on too (laughs) um and and so then i I saw this and i was like wow okay that that was a lot and uh you know not like every horror movie needs to kind of cater to my tastes but um it it just kind of made me feel awful at the end of it so um (laughs) i guess mission accomplished that that was the point um but it it was kind of entertaining i'm glad that it was an hour 30 minutes it didn't really waste my time too much it got kind of straight to the point uh but for something that's been hailed as a modern horror classic i thought it was okay at best but i'm also somebody who um doesn't really love the horror genre that much and kind of finds Mm. a lot of things the samey and uh this kind of felt like just another horror movie to me so um Mm. i'm interested to see what your guys' thoughts are and, and like what your take on it was and why you guys think it's it's great or not yeah uh also begs the question what did that kid do right he i think they say it right he he did something he like took something from like a gypsy woman or he yeah, uh, it, yeah. He, he, he it was something, something equally innocuous yeah. it was like yeah. not yeah not deserving of a child getting drugged to hell 
<laughs> screaming God. In the opening minutes. That happens before the credits. Yep. Uh, Missy, what do you think about uh, Drag Me to Hell? So I really like this movie. Um, I saw it in theaters when I was 20. And I remember being like equally entertained and laughing and and also like legitimately scared. Uh, I really do like horror movies, but I also like have a tendency to, I think I'm sure because of my faith background, like I like getting scared by kind of uh, demonic possession and like demonic uh, related type horror films Mm -hmm. so i was like the the scene i know it's supposed to be funny and it is funny now watching it however many years later i'm not going to do quick maths y'all can do that 2009 to 2022 um when there you go when the demon goes into the goat like (laughs) that's my favorite part of the movie (laughs) that legitimately scared me when i was like watching it in theaters and watching it now i'm not sure why or what the hell was wrong with me but like i was scared and i didn't like i was like oh shit like this is terrifying um I don't know, because maybe because like the goat imagery throughout, you know, scripture and, and other yeah. stuff like that. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, like, I was scared. I remember leaving the theater and having my sister. I was like, you are going to have to look behind me when I back out because I am not about to turn my head and see an old gypsy woman sitting in the back of our car. So I'm sorry if you're going to see her right now because I'm not going to do it. Like I was scared. It stayed with me. Um, and then rewatching it today, I'm like, it holds up. It's very funny. Um, I also really like that sam raimi has such like quirky such a good word for it and such a unique word that i would rarely expect to be used in a horror like discussion but he is like quirky in the way that he presents stuff um whether it be this or like evil dead and stuff so i really enjoy it if you like sam raimi you've probably already seen it but if you like sam raimi and you haven't seen it you should definitely watch it because it's a very good film yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> I mean, I tip my hand pretty pretty early, and I do that a lot on this podcast with this movie. Anyway, I love this movie. It's my favorite horror movie of all time. Uh, and I think it's great. Um, and I think, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, it just, there's a lot of really fun, funny stuff in it that's actually, like, on the first watch, still pretty scary. Like, it all is funny yeah. to me now. But, yes. like, I think Raimi has a really distinct style, obviously, but... I think he knows how to play to himself really well. And mm-hmm. I think that's the sign of a good director. Um, especially when you can, I like a director who's like thumbprint. You can kind of see on stuff while mm-hmm. also not necessarily like holding my hand through what their movie is trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a hard balance to find. So I like that you can watch all, watch his movies and like see all these Raimi hallmarks. You can watch a minute of a Raimi movie and find out it's a Raimi movie. I feel like with the exception yeah. of like for the love of the game and a simple plan. Um, but he just he kind of he just marches to the beat of his own drum and it's like this great comeback for him because spider-man 3 was the movie he directed previously to this and that movie's Hmm. awful Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so uh i just i remember seeing it this is the other thing too and this probably has a lot to do with why it's my favorite horror movie of all time this movie is my favorite theater going experience I've ever had. More so than cats. Come on. <laughs> More so than cats. Uh, I saw this movie at a sold out showing on a weeknight at the Dollar Theater. Oh, fun. And behind us, at all the right moments, there was someone who just went, oh, shit. Every time you're supposed to do that. Nice. And it was never annoying. It was always funny. Nice. Um, <laughs> Because, like, the whole theater, and the whole theater embraced it. So everyone had this air of, like, yeah, correct. You're 100% right about that. Um, So it was just really fun to see that. And, like, I think it might have been my introduction to Raimi Horror. Let's see, 2009? No, I would have seen the Evil Dead movies by then. Um, Right. And, uh, yeah, I just really, really, really enjoy it. I think it is very mean, and it gets meaner every time I watch it. Um, oh, yeah. But I think the meanness is done with a sort of tongue-in-cheek flair that it goes down a little sweeter. That Like, it's very mean. Like, there's no way around it. But right. I, I think it just, it, like, it kind of knows, and it's kind of in, in on the joke of it being so mean that it doesn't feel like aggressive if that makes sense like Mm. it's it's very brutal but it's very like haha i don't know it 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 strikes a a tone with the meanness that doesn't make like 
make me feel bad after I watch it. Like, it makes me laugh. Like, it's the meanness mm-hmm. is funny to me, and I think it's supposed to be. Um, but, yeah, I just... I just really like this. I think there's really good set pieces. Like the fight in the car is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the scene in the shed with the freaking anvil is really funny. Yeah. Um, I like the supporting cast a lot. Like I really like Justin Long in this movie. I really sure. like the guy who plays Rom uh, in this movie. The guy who was in everything for two years and then in nothing since then. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I was like trying to figure that out. Like, <laughs> hey, was wasn't the guy in like in Inception and stuff? And and, and Avatar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. He was. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What the heck? Like tw- 2009 to 2010 was his yeah. years. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's gonna be in Avatar two, so that's the okay. only thing I'm looking forward to in Avatar two. <laughs> but he's only been in since Inception. He's been in two other movies, and oh, that's wow. it. And huh. one episode of uh, Mr. Robot. Huh. Well, one thing yep. that you uh, that you just mentioned with the meanness, because like it is really mean, and as you were saying, like it's packing on. Because I'm trying to think, why am I also not bothered by it? Because like I hate it. Well, okay, I know we all hate Jurassic World. I hated yeah. the scene where the nanny or whatever she was, the babysitter lady, at her death. Oh, yeah. It bothered me so like ugh, mm-hmm. on like a visceral level when I was watching it in theaters. I was like, why are we still watching her face as she's like screaming in terror? Like I hated it. I was so upset. I went and like did all this research on it afterwards to see if other people felt the same way and saw a lot of articles online. And I was like, okay, good. And, and I'm like, why do I not feel that way with this? And I think there is something to say about her continually getting shat on throughout the entire movie. Like there's something almost comical about how much shit she literally has to go through. And for me, it's like the amount of, of bodily fluids or formaldehyde or blood or liquid or whatever that fly (laughs) into her mouth at any given scene. It's just like, it's so absurd that it's like, okay, what else can you throw at her? What else can she possibly go through? And we find out the answer is that her soul gets torn apart in hell. (laughs) But I don't know. There's something like funny about it. It plays cartoony, I think. Yeah. While still being scary though. It's kind of like a, like a Looney Tunes movie in a way. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. I mean, a literal anvil anvil falls on someone's head. Like, yep. Um, and so I guess, yeah, if, if you like kind of remove yourself from watching, like, or thinking about them as live action actors and think of them more as like cartoon characters where ridiculous things are being thrown at them, then I I think maybe it's easier to reconcile. But I guess when I was watching it, I had a harder time with it. I mean, to kind of explain where my preferences lie, I generally don't like horror movies where you watch them and then for 99% of the runtime and they, they you're rooting for them and they get away. And then the last second they, there's a jump scare and they're like implied to be dead or they're going oh, to yeah. die or the, the evil is returned and stalking them and yeah. whatever. Like, cause it makes me feel like in the end, why did I watch right. this? Yeah. <laughs> like, because it, it like I was watching, watching this to see them escape and get away from the thing. And then here you are pulling the rug out from under me. Now this, once again, I think you guys are, correct in the sense of like it's kind of a joke you're kind of supposed to keep it at arm's length and so you know you're supposed to kind of like laugh at like oh man that was ridiculous that that poor girl like i mean yes did she do something bad to start off the movie denying the bank loan extension or whatever um but like man this this keeps on going and piling on for her um and and so i guess i see the intent of it but i have a hard time just separating like the fact that i have like empathy i guess yeah yeah um, um from what the end result of the movie is so well i, I would have liked if like you were rooting against her a little bit more you know like mm-hmm. and like some kind of slasher movies right where there's like yeah. some d- obvious douchebag people who deserve to get it and so you're like eh, okay like you got your gory kill but then the main person that you're supposed to like survives and so you yeah. kind of have like your cake and eat it too in a way right yeah. Um, this is primarily just focused on her the entire way through and she's really the only one being messed with for the entire movie so mm-hmm. it's a little strange or it's harder to kind of reconcile the fact that you're supposed to like the main character and she's the only one being messed with to the exclusion of anyone else. And then she still bites it in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I was, well, she Reloc- also committed oh. the crime of previously being fat. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> and also uh, being from a farm family or something mm-hmm. and being vegetarian yeah. Yeah. Mm, and lactose yeah. intolerant. Yeah. The uh, worst. But I was going to say, rewatching it this time, I was like, from the beginning, because I, I didn't remember the details of it. I was like, what was it? Maybe she did do something a little worse than I remember, because obviously I knew the end. But I'm watching it, and it's like, yeah, she denies the loan, but that's not even why she got cursed. She got cursed because the lady starts, like, throwing herself at her, and she says, like, get off yeah. me. 
It's like she didn't even really do anything other than just kind of defend her personal space. And then I'm like, as I'm watching, everybody else is such a freaking dick. Like the entire, even like Justin Long is a little like gaslighty. I mean, obviously he ends up being very supportive and very kind, but I'm like, everybody else is doing all this shit. Nothing's happening. Uh, mm. But yeah, no, there's there's literally nothing. There's not even like a little breadcrumb for you to, to pick at and be like, well, maybe this is why she actually got sent to hell. It's like, no, she really didn't do anything that bad and no. actively was trying to make amends the entire film <laughs> yeah um and i guess there's one other thing i would point out um i sam raimi agrees with all of us by the way like i read some <laughs> interview after watching it where he said yeah like i think i think it's pretty bad what happened to her is like it's pretty messed up and then he said basically but sometimes life is like that and i'm like yeah, yeah. i mean yeah i, I get it <laughs> i yeah. get what you're going for <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that's the thing right is it's it's i guess the ultimate moral is like why do bad things happen to good people yeah. Right. And it's just like, I, who can really explain why? Because it really do be like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So I guess from that, but, but I think thematically, like, I am not watching this movie to kind of think about that kind of, that right. kind of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I am watching it purely for the amusement. Um, because, like, they they go a long way to do, like, they, well, they don't go a long way, actually, is the point I'm trying to make. But there's there is this theme about her potentially struggling with maybe an eating disorder or something. Um, because she, like, they, there's a lot of comments about her weight, a lot of the stuff, like, there's one shot of her, like, stopping by the bakery and looking in the window and then deciding not to go, which I didn't remember until I watched it today. Same, same. Um, and so I was like, okay, that could be an interesting, it's, a lot of stuff happens in her mouth, like, that sounds yeah, weirder yeah. than Things I meant to, but, like, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, like she's ingesting a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, bad stuff happens to her, like in the kitchen when she's eating, stuff like that. And it's all very subtle. So I don't even know what it's trying to say about that. Like, yeah, it, it could like, I, I, I have a problem with these like sort of modern horror movies where it's like this is about this trauma, and it's like, right. yeah, man, like let me figure this out. But this is like, it just feels like tacked on, sort of, where it like doesn't really explore that it could be like potentially her being haunted by her eating disorder, which is actually I think kind of maybe an interesting angle for a horror film. Actually, but, yeah. but like it doesn't do it doesn't do any like it's just there. It's just yeah, decoration. A, a lot on of like red herring type. Yeah. Things. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say the same thing because like everything now is a metaphor for like generational trauma. Like the last yeah. like twelve horror movies I've watched, that's been the yeah. thing. And it's it's funny like as an English teacher, I'll tell my students, I'm like every single thing that's included in like film and in these books, like it was put in there for a purpose by the author, by the screenwriter, by whatever. And like with this, it really doesn't mean shit. Like I mean. <laughs> yeah. It, it does for the purpose of, I guess, her life as a character outside of the film that we're watching. But it's like they talk so much about her eating stuff. I mean, her mom was an alcoholic that we yeah. never touch on. Yeah. It's, except for that it kind of lets her get an in with uh, Justin Long's mom for a second. It's just, yeah, which is still like funny to me. Like, it's so absurd yeah. that he's laid all these really like could be potentially meaningful like pockets of, of information for us to go down and then just doesn't do shit with them. <laughs> yeah, like, nah. Yeah, I, it is funny. Like, and I think the thing is too. Like, I, Raimi is t almost what twenty years removed from Evil Dead at that point, right? Or just yeah. over twenty years removed from Evil Dead. And Evil Dead, like, the point of that movie is to be just as brutal and mean to the characters as possible, and that's <laughs> it, right? Um, like the 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 tagline for Evil Dead is an exercise in grueling terror, right? And that movie mm. just goes. Like, it's less than an hour and a half, but it is a brutal hour and a half of, of movie. Right. Um, and then the remake from 2013 explores it as, like, an intervention, right? Like, it's one of the people is drug addicted and they're going up there for the person's intervention. Mm -hmm. So they tack a theme onto it, but, like, Evil Dead is literally just, like, people getting fucked up in the woods for <laughs> an hour and, and Like, literally fucked up, yeah, by yeah. the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, very much yep. so. Um, and so he's kind of trying to have his harvest cake and eat it too in this movie where <laughs> he uh, he tacks these kind of themes on that are maybe a little bit of interesting threads, but he's just so much more concerned with doing the funny, grueling, brutal stuff that it, it just totally falls away. Because at this point he's matured, he's made these Spider-Man trilogies, which actually I think have some decent themes going on, at least in the first couple of them. Yeah, for while sure. While still having like a very Raimi sensibility to them. Mm -hmm. And here he like, he, he kind of wants to do that, but he also kind of want to just get, wants to get just back to basics after the, what I'm sure was a grueling like few years making those yeah. Spider-Man movies. Because like, 
that became the highest grossing movie of all time. There was just a ton of pressure on him. It's the biggest budget he's ever worked with. Like he did a, he, 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 I mean, he advanced technology so much to get us to the MCU as we know it. Like they owe everything right. to that first Spider-Man movie, um, you know, for better and for worse, but it, it's because of what Raimi did. And it, it was also in this time where you see people like Raimi and Peter Jackson, who's just Raimi with a New Zealand accent. And, <laughs> you know, they do in 2001, both Spider-Man or no, in 2001, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring comes out. And then like six months later in May of 2020 or 2002, Spider-Man one comes out and it's like, right. Oh, these goofy idiosyncratic offbeat horror directors are now like, shaping the like the the, the, the zeitgeist, zeitgeist. Yeah. yeah and so i you can kind of see like he wants to kind of still play in that sandbox a little bit and then but he also kind of wants to just do a sam raimi movie of like people in the woods shooting like it's a very simple movie at its core and i think that's what he likes and i think that's when he's his best honestly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well, and I think he even said that in an interview. He basically said it was like a really enjoyable production. He, it was nice to have complete creative control again, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. So it is it is fun to see him with all of his toys playing around mm-hmm. with it in yeah. the sandbox, basically. Um, and, and, I mean, that's where the movie shines, I think, is, you know, there's a couple of really good set pieces. Um, you really get to see uh, him use his standard techniques, which are you know, a lot of... Um, camera pane around yeah. and like mm-hmm. looking at objects that are rattling you know, across like a room and you know, quick zooms and like weird fade outs and stuff like that um yeah he's, a lot of canted angles yeah so many canted angles yeah and, you know and and the and the angle slowly canting as yeah. the scene goes on type stuff yeah. um you know he's some of that stuff he got to go and use in Spider-Man, um, obviously. And that led, lended itself to the comic book sensibility of it. Yeah. But this, you know, I think is him going back to his Evil Dead budget horror roots. And uh, yeah. there's some pretty, like, effective sequences. I'm not somebody who generally gets too scared at horror movies. I mean, I, the only kind of things that really scare me are, like, a couple horror video games near okay. there. Yeah. But, like, things that I'm more in control of, I, I actually get more scared by. In sure. Because then it's like when I actually do get scared, it's like, oh, wow, like I led to that result versus the movie's yeah. so so misleading and, you know, can only do so many jump scares before it, like I'm just inoculated against it. Um, yeah. so, but but there are some genuinely creepy moments in, in this movie and, um, they, but they're also funny too because like yeah. I think humor and, um, you know, fear are kind of both sides of the same coin. One's yeah. just kind of the release of tension um, you know, that your body's having, you know, after it's been built up. So, yeah. Um, what, what do you guys think like works about like the horror of the movie, uh, the direction and all that stuff? Well, I think with what you were just uh, saying, cause I was going to bring up the two sides of the same coin thing too. And as you guys were talking about it, I think that constant, like, it's almost like, like putting your foot on and off the gas where it's like, yeah. Oh my God, shit. I know something's going to happen. What's going to happen. Oh, oh my God. Like she's right there. But then it's like, I'm laughing cause her like fucking eyeball flies out into her <laughs> mouth or something. But then it goes back to being scary. But then I'm laughing again, but then I'm like back to being kind of like, but, Oh my shit. What's going to happen? Like yeah. the, that constant, like, I don't know, back and forth. And I re- yeah. Like to me that really kept me engaged. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, and, and that to me, like it really does work. It's like, and, and like you said, because comedy and horror are so, similar and even neurologically i mean the the fear and and laughter or or sadness laughter all those things are so close to each other that it's like i mean when i am scared i don't know if i should be laughing or not sometimes and and so like with this movie it it had me very confused i'm like should i be laughing should i be scared i'm gonna do both uh and i liked it i like i like that feeling It, it doesn't happen very frequently for me with a lot of films and so it was like new and engaging yeah i mean Honestly, like to sound like Scorsese for a minute, it feels like an amusement park ride. Like it's the mm. the yeah. buildup of tension and then the release and the like the sort of endorphin rush of that along with the adrenaline rush of that as well. Mm-hmm. Like you get you're getting the endorphin and the um uh, uh cortisol all at the same time and so you right. kinda like you kinda don't know how to react to it. Like you're just like, Okay, well this is ridiculous, but also that lady is very scary looking and shout out yeah. to her for trying to for uh, just like Opening herself up to being the most disgusting elderly woman oh, yeah. ever put on screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mrs. Ganoush, yeah. Yeah, she's so horrific. gross. It's so good. 
think I think that's the other thing is like you can see that everyone committed. Like the guy who plays oh, yeah. Stu is just like the whiniest, bitchiest. Like he just sucks <laughs> so him. much. He's great, but like I feel like he get he has kind of a thankless role in the movie because you're supposed to actively hate that dude. But he's so good at being that kind of like douchey character that mm-hmm. you're like, oh, he's actually doing really good work in this movie, but you just don't want to acknowledge it because he's so bad. He's so good mm-hmm. at being so unlikable. Yeah. yeah. And, and the boss is the bossiest yeah. boss. Like, yeah. like just, mm-hmm. just like the most boss. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, like there's some great character actors in it. Um, it, it definitely. And Octavia Spencer. Yeah. Well, I will say sometimes I feel like the push and pull of like the funny stuff with um, the scariest stuff didn't always work for me. Like there's, there's some times where like people got stuff vomited into Christine's mouth or whatever. Yeah. That was just like, okay. <laughs> it was always Christine's like, mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, uh, okay. I've, I've had like maybe one or two, one too many of these scenes by now, you know, and it didn't quite like work for me in, in the sense of like yeah. the ridiculousness actually ends up being funny and scary at the same time. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I, everyone's got different tolerances for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think he lets the, he lets the scares be scary. Like the scares are never jokes for the most part. Like yeah. even even with the anvil scene, which is arguably the goofiest thing that happens in the whole movie, he lets the jump scare happen with her behind the curtain happen first. Hmm. So like that part is just scary because especially if you it's the first time watching it because you don't know that the anvil's there, right? Right. So like you watch it and you're like, that's scary. And then she does the anvil and you're like, that's fucking ridiculous. So it just like, it, it always sets up scare punchline like the scare is the setup to the punchline it's never both i think that really really works because it's able to remain scary like it's scary when she pops up in the car it's hilarious Mm -hmm. when her eyeball opens and the the staple pops out like yeah those are two separate things that happen but it's all in the same tense moment that hasn't let you like resolve itself yet. So because mm-hmm. he's he's putting together these sequences and they haven't resolved yet, and he's finding scares and punchlines at one right after the other, it really, really is what I think one, the Sam Raimi style is, and two, is what puts you on this like weird level, like d- it's sort of like Barbarian, um, which mm-hmm. we see. I know you saw, and Mike, I know I gave you an aneurysm having to read the synopsis on Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. Where, like, I wouldn't call Drag Me to Hell a horror comedy, but it's a horror movie with a lot of funny stuff that happens yeah, in it. And sure. Barbarian's very much the same way, where, like, it, the tone of Barbarian is so wild. It's so offbeat and off-kilter. And mm-hmm. a lot of funny stuff happens in it. Also, two horror movies starring Justin Long. And, yep. uh, but a lot of really, like, kind of creepy, scary, like, vile stuff happens in it, too. So, mm-hmm. I, and I really liked Barbarian, too. So, I, I think that formula really works. And that's kind of where Raimi was able to kind of crack the code for, like, what makes a good horror comedy. Or mm-hmm. uh, at least horror movie with comedy in it. When well, I think... I think a, oh. oh, go ahead, Missy. I was going to say, I think a similarity between both of those now that you bring up Barbarian is that, and I was thinking this when you guys were talking, the stakes are so high. Like, I mean, we start out this film with no jokes. We literally just see a child getting dragged into hell. Like, so it's, that's in the back of our minds the whole time. Like, we know what the actual stakes are. We know that it's not like a threat. Well, maybe this won't actually be a curse. Maybe it was just a crazy old woman. Like, we know what is potentially going to happen to her. And so it's like, I think you need to have super high stakes. And it was in Barbarian. Those are, I mean, pretty high stakes as far as just a horrific life if if the people had been trapped down there for the rest of their lives. It's that you need it to be really high and really scary so that, like, even as I'm laughing, I can't fully engage in my laughter because I'm still kind of, like, in the pit of my stomach, like, but what if they don't get out? this like that sucks yeah yeah well and uh i i would also commend the fact that it still remains pg-13 uh somehow yeah but like it it doesn't go as far with like the the actual explicit gore of some things i guess that that it could um it's silly gore (laughs) yeah it's got it's got like silly gore but um it doesn't go like you know it doesn't have explicit nudity it doesn't have all kinds of like things in there um, doesn't have ex- super extreme violence other than the implication of being dragged to hell. Right. Um, yeah. You know, which which is metaphorically, yeah. uh, you know, and, and literally something that, that is the worst possible thing that happened to you. Right. Um, but, you know, it it actually is kind of restrained in a weird way, but it doesn't reduce the impact of the horror at all. Um, yeah. Whereas I think if it went for like some R-rated kind of thrills um, and got really, really gory in some way, you know, dismemberments in various mm-hmm. forms mm-hmm. or whatever, 
it, it would go and tip too far down the horror scale and then it wouldn't have any funny moments at all well and um, then it would it would make the funny feel so much meaner than yeah feels. yeah right like if and saw so, was a comedy <laughs> yeah exactly like it's pretty hard to pull off i think a pg-13 horror movie um yeah. So, you know, he does find like a good balance and, and way to address that. And so yeah. in that sense, I think it's pretty commendable. Yeah, I well, agree with there's, that. there's one scene of blood in the whole movie and it's when she gets the nosebleed after the, the right. fire. Like that's the only right. blood we see in the movie. And yeah. it's not even like, it's not an injury. It's like, you know, this woman has the highest blood pressure of any person who's ever lived. Um, <laughs> it, and it's played for a joke too. Like I, <laughs> the boss, boss did i get on me or something what did yeah, he say well, so when he first gets hit with it he goes what is what he goes what is with you like, <laughs> like is there a fault? <laughs> and then he said like like did i get him in my mouth and my yeah. face or like, like, that's all he's saying for like five lines afterwards yeah yeah there's really great like one-off kind of subtle jokes like that that, mm-hmm. that happen too like so um justin oh long has this moment when they're eating the cake where, like, everything's starting to get really, like, scary for, uh, uh, her name's Allison, for Christine. And, like, yeah. she's hearing the noise from the door. She's getting ready to see the eyeball in the cake. And, like, they're just having the most mundane conversation about the cake in the background. And just Justin Long goes, you're only going to hate this if you hate delicious things. It's such <laughs> a weird line. Was, I thought it was charming. I was going to oh, say, yeah, my favorite great. one-off is that her hair keeps getting pulled out by this gypsy, <laughs> yeah. and it, by by the corpse, usually. Like, the rigor yeah. mortis is yeah. just apparently gripping her hair strong enough to rip it out. And then when she's finally in the grave, she's like, that's the last time you pull my hair out. And I was like, yes. Because, like, as a woman with long hair, I was just like, what a, what a great joke. Like, I that yeah. I appreciated the build-up for that one. Well, it was funny because Kristen, when we watched it today, Kristen was like, okay, she's got to have a couple bald spots at this point. And and immediately immediately after that, she's like, that's the last time you get any of my hair. And I was like, well, there it is. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's when you know it's got its tongue firmly in cheek. Yeah. 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 Well, and just like there's the moment when they first go see Rom the psychic and he's like, they're staring into each other's eyes forever. It's so long <laughs> that it gets funny. And then there's this like Eye of Sauron jump scare with the gypsy woman. And mm-hmm. it's really effective. Like I remember that really scaring me the first time I saw the movie. And it's another one of those things where like it's really funny. And mm-hmm. then the scare happens. So he actually kind of flips it on the on its head because usually it's the scare and then the, the punchline. This one has the punchline, but there's still tension in it because there hasn't been a scare preceding it. And mm-hmm. so he's able to kind of slip it in there really like almost subtly and yeah. i think i don't know i think it's it's actually pretty like masterfully made for the type of movie it is especially for how goofy it is like right. any, like it's i just appreciate that he takes something this insane so seriously mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's for sure um can we can we talk about uh the goat scene yes yes <laughs> yes that was the scene where I was like, I love this movie. Oh, I, I, I feel like that one broke me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had been warned that like, was a goat a scene, jig. but I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is the goat scene. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say, Missy? I said, and then the guy, like, when he gets possessed and he's, like, in the air flying and doing, yeah. like, a jig, I was yeah, like... He... It yeah. still scared me. I didn't, like it was so creepy and weird and funny. I was like laughing, but then also terrified. But I, again, he, I was twenty years old. And then he vomits a very badly CGI'd cat that then turns into yes. a very obvious cat dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, man, that CGI cat was was god awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean the CGI eyeballs are also pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, the CGI in general in the movie yeah. is pretty bad. Even like the. The kid being dragged to hell in the game of the movie yeah. kind of looks shitty now. Yeah, yeah. So does yeah. so does Christine getting dragged at the end when she like starts yeah. turning into a skeleton and stuff. Yeah. She turns into the like Evil Dead bulgy. two poster. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> she she that's what happens. Like it's an Evil Dead yep. two reference. She turns into the poster for Evil Dead two. But yeah, the goat scene is. I think that is sort of the make it or break it moment because it's sort of like I you know not to be this guy. I hate doing this shit, especially on this podcast. But like. It's sort of the like the Jaws thing where it's the final showdown with the shark, <laughs> but it's so goofy, and uh, like I was I was really thinking about it obviously because I rewired my brain in the last few years to just constantly think about freaking Jaws. But 
I was thinking about it at the beginning, like we when we see the kid get killed, I was like, oh, Jaws kills a kid. It's also like uh, one of the quote more family friendly horror movies out there. Mm. Um, she's the 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 Mexican lady medium who's like she's more of the like the quote quint of the picture. Like right. Uh, by the way, I'm doing this because it also immediately draws a comparison to Jaws when she's watching at, at the very beginning when Christine is looking at the empty assistant manager it does the jaws transition where people walk in front of the camera and it cuts back to at, to Christine sitting at the desk and then someone walks in front of the camera again and cuts back to the like on the beach mm-hmm. scene in jaws mm-hmm. it's called it's called a natural wipe um which is where you just use like pe- actors to basically be the the edit transition. point for it yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it does that immediately which is the first time i've noticed that and i was like oh I mean, I know every movie that kind of draws on that movie a little bit, especially in horror, but I didn't realize how, like, how many direct comparisons he was kind of making with this movie. But it's mm-hmm. so much funnier <laughs> than Jaws. Yeah. What, what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. So, like, you expect, like, right, because Jaws is kind of the movie that I think for the most point is an easy touch point for people to set up the, like, showdown with the big bad. Yeah. And, um... So you get all that buildup. You get this woman who has this history with, like, the the Lamia because it, she had failed to, you know, rescue this little boy. So she's got the same kind of survivor's guilt. And, and then it's just like, we're going to bring this goat in. And it's like, okay, yeah, like, Satanism goat. I get it. And then, like, they do the seance. And, you know, Christine has a very, like, serious worry about what's happening. She's very confused. Like, And, and Allison Loman, I think, plays it really well. Yeah. Where she's, like, she's very, like, I don't know, on edge about it, rightfully so. And then, like, Haunted Mansion ghosts show up, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then the the Lamia possesses the medium, and then they put the hand on the goat, and the goat just turns into a Muppet. Like, it's just yep. a Muppet goat. Then the Benny Hill theme yeah. song starts playing. <laughs> yeah. And all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah, literally, right? And, like, it just, like, I really love that scene because of how straight it plays it until it super doesn't. Yeah. Well, because it's scary when I don't know the name of the actress, the medium, like she was great when she Mm -hmm. was possessed. Like that was very frightening. And then, yeah, it just immediately goes to like, I I don't know, maybe that's why it scared me is like, I was like, that was so scary right before. Am I supposed to be laughing or am I supposed to still be scared because this is legitimate? And then, yeah, Yeah. the guy does a fucking jig in the air and I'm like, (laughs) okay, I think this is supposed to be funny. Yeah. He went to the Pennywise school of spooks. Yes, (laughs) that's it. Oh my gosh. That is it. You're right. Nah, <laughs> get out of here yeah i thought the ghost scene was pretty bad uh, yeah there we go but yeah once the ghost started both. talking and like calling her a whore i was like what is happening and this is like i just you bitch it makes me laugh every time oh god <laughs> yeah i don't know it, 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 it didn't work for me i kind of i didn't like the seance part as much as some of the other scenes in the movie personally sure. but um i respect people who who enjoy it <laughs> yeah oh man i love that sequence. that's my favorite that's one of my favorite sequences Raimi's ever done it just makes me laugh so hard every time like especially now because i rewatch it so often that like mm-hmm. every time the goat shows up like i just get super hyped i'm just like yeah go time <laughs> here we go it's, it's like the, the ramiest scene in the movie yeah oh yeah yeah it's definitely the ramiest scene in the movie especially because he's in it he's one of the ghosts no, no oh, way. I thought, yeah, oh, cool. I thought you were about to say he's one of the goats. I was like, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do he's think he's one goat. of the ghosts. But yeah, he's he's one of the ghosts. Uh, him and I think Ted or Ivan, one of them is is also in that scene as well. Not Bruce Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Campbell isn't in this one, I think. Yeah, uh, I was listening or I was looking at like on Amazon Prime. They had like the x-ray like mm-hmm. details, you know, of every scene. And I guess mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell was asked to come back, but he turned it down for some Whoa. reason. Whoa. Like he had some obligation or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Huh. Um, I think he maybe was going to play one of um, Clay's parents, actually. Oh, that would have oh, been great. Been fun. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like seeing him react to stuff at the dinner table would have been pretty funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, they got not Billy Bob Thornton. Right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that guy. guy? I don't I mean, know who he is, great. but every time I watch it, which, like I said, is annually, I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy's not Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> He's William Robert Thornton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dumb. Uh, so, uh, with all that, so it, the car's in it, right? Um, Mrs. Oh, yeah. Ganoush drives the car. And mm-hmm. my favorite little bit of trivia, and this is why I really like this movie because it's so silly, but it's it takes itself so seriously, is the license plate on the car reads 99951. 
Mm. If you flip it upside down, it says, like, is 666. So it's like, is the devil. Um, And so I like that because only obsessives are going to notice something like that, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, good callback. Yeah, exactly. And so I like that he went the extra mile to not just put the car in there because, like, I feel like the Sam Raimi car is sort of the, especially now that he's done the Spider-Man movies, like, everyone knows about the Sam Raimi car. But to use the car in, like, a very subtle way where, like, people who are really paying attention to the car are able to sort of discern something else from it, I appreciate that. I just think it's a neat, interesting detail. And I like that it's sort of the 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 Stranger Things thing we were talking about. Like, everyone expects the Sam Raimi car in the Sam Raimi movie. But he continually, like, he earns the the use of it every time, I feel like. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because he adds, like, another layer to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like he he's not just like he knows what's expected of a Sam Raimi movie at this point, which is essentially the car and Bruce Campbell and all the weird angles and stuff. But he never puts them in places where they shouldn't be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They're all in service of something. Yeah. Even if it yeah. is just the Easter egg, it's in like it's at a moment in the movie where it can just stand as the Easter egg, right? Like Bruce mm. Campbell is very inconsequential in um Doctor Strange 2. So like he's in it just to have Bruce Campbell in it. Right. But it still feels pretty earned. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, he's, like, this side character who's played for, a, like, a one-off gag in the multiverse to kind of be, like, which, you know, we had problems with. But to show, like, how it's different, and it's just because pizza is balls. But, <laughs> um, like, it's enough in there to be, like, okay, we got the Campbell gag in there, and we were able to kind of move something, like, not nothing consequential forward, but to kind of establish, like, we're not in Kansas anymore type of deal. Right. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. Um, yeah, there's a, there's actually kind of remarkable restraint to some of it. I mean, despite all the zaniness we pointed <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. Um, I mean, even changing the subject slightly, but in the same theme, or a similar note, uh, the climax, if you want to call it that, of the movie, which involves you know her going to a grave and trying mm. to bring the letter back in, in Ganusha's hands or whatever, um, mm-hmm. like is actually pretty simple. Like it's not mm-hmm. like a really elaborate. Um, like high level or high concept kind of climactic battle or scene or whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah. it's mostly just her like trying to go and put in the zombie's hands basically. And the, the grave site is slowly flooding and that's about mm-hmm. all that's going on in it. Yeah. But it's, it's surprisingly like effective how understated and small it is in the end in that section. Yeah. yeah. It felt very poltergeisty when oh, she's yeah. like in the pool. Yeah. That's the thing, right? I was just going to say she, also that climax is in service of one doing a poltergeist reference immediately following it with an e- recreation of the evil dead one poster like right mm-hmm. that's the only reason that scene is in there but it works still yeah yeah right yeah absolutely yeah. There's like not not a moment where i was like this doesn't make any sense this is stupid yeah. this is forced yeah mm-hmm. and then like like you know missy like you said it feels like poltergeist so like i feel like people who know those movies are gonna be like poltergeist like i did yeah. that today i was like oh yeah poltergeist and then if you've seen the evil dead one poster you know that like the woman coming out of the grave with like one arm in the air that's like an iconic horror poster mm-hmm. it, but like it never is wink wink nudge nudge about it either like it's like it lets it stand there if you get it you get it but if you don't it still works Right, yeah, and you're not, like, left in the dark about not getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in general, I think the movie kind of serves as just a giant love letter to horror movies. But yeah. It, mm. in, in the way that, you know, something like Stranger Things is a love letter to those 80s Amblin-type movies. Right. But is is its own thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that. that leads me to this question, then, because when you're talking about the history of horror and movies serving as Easter eggs and, you know, callbacks and references to each other. And everything's pretty iterative anyway, but especially in horror, everything's extremely iterative. Like you God, can just, yeah. you can watch any horror movie and be like Jaws, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Poltergeist, Evil Dead. You mm-hmm. know, like you, you can just point, you can just point at movies and do that all day if you're watching horror movies. Um, but Raimi's part of that, right? Like he is so key to the history of the horror film like he is yeah you cannot you cannot do a comprehensive history of this genre of film without talking about sam raimi movies Mm -hmm. um so my question then is this because i feel like um how does he prevent it from feeling masturbatory because he has a distinct style he knows what the audience wants he knows what he's supposed to deliver. And when he does it, people praise him for it. 
it, like the biggest compliment anyone can give a Sam Raimi movie is that it feels just like every other Sam Raimi movie. And <laughs> at no point do I feel his ego involved with almost any of that. The way I would say other directors who have a distinct style and I'm going to skirt quit Tarantino here, even though it sounds like I'm building up to that because he right. still makes good <laughs> movies on top of that. But I'm going to go to a director whose movies I genuinely like or generally don't like by and large because of how much it feels like they're into themselves. And that's Darren Aronofsky. And I know they're two completely oh, okay. different types of directors and mm-hmm. Aronofsky makes like kind of horror adjacent movies sometimes, but like his movies feel very much like, look at me, I'm a genius. And like Sam Raimi mm-hmm. looks like Sam Raimi's movies feel like, look at, look, look at the, this, these sort of hallmarks I've cultivated into a style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I think that you summed it up. I think one person does it because it's pretentious. <laughs> And another one is exercising discernment and also kind of with the tongue in cheek, kind of like, ah. like just like pointing at <laughs> himself and laughing, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that makes it, that makes all the difference. That's what makes it bearable is it's kind of like, <laughs> look at me. Aren't I a stinker? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how every Sam Raimi movie should end. That should be the post credit scene in every Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> yeah. Just Sam Raimi chewing on a carrot going, ain't I a stinker? <laughs> Uh, that's what makes all the difference to me anyway no for sure and it's uh, even without like reading interviews or something with a director to like hear them you know be masturbatory about their own work it's like I feel like that kind of stuff bleeds through and it's so easy to see like the insincerity like is so easy to spot from like a mile away as opposed to when you can tell a filmmaker's having fun which there's something really like enjoyable about that i think yeah. mike you even used like the the words like it's like he got to play with all his Raimi toys like he got to just like pull out all the stops yeah. and it just looked like he was having fun making it because like so i was really worried mj when you were building up that you were going to say wes anderson because his movies oh, are all yeah. very wes anderson-y and i love wes anderson um but for a similar reason it just seems like he's making like if this shit does good that's awesome and if it doesn't it doesn't seem like he really cares yeah he's just making stuff that he likes and it happens to be in a particular style with a lot of actors that he really likes um, and same with like Christopher Guest, like a lot of my favorite directors have a very distinct style, but I recognize also that they seem like they're just enjoying themselves making art, which is really respectable. And I don't think something that we see like very frequently, like yeah. we don't see directors that care about the work. It, it very much seems like a paycheck for a lot of the shit that we end up watching and a lot of shit that we like review on this show sometimes, like all the Marvel stuff and Star Wars stuff, it feels yeah. very soulless. And this just feels like fun. Like it feels like a guy who has a distinct style and it's fun to watch him get to play and, and bring it all to the, you know, the forefront. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing too is the, not only is the highest compliment you can pay a Sam Raimi movie that it feels like a Sam Raimi movie, it's the highest compliment you can pay most horror movies right now. Sure. Um, like, I, you guys seen that movie Crawl? Yes. With Barry no, Pepper? Um, I like so it. So it's, it's great. It's real good. It's one of my favorite horror movies the last like five years probably. And I love it because it feels like a Sam Raimi movie and it feels like a Sam Raimi movie because Sam Raimi produced it. (laughs) Um, Oh, nice. But it definitely, it just feels like a movie he would make. And that's, I I mean, if if his sensibility jives with you, you're going to like the movies that feel like that as well, right? Yeah. Um, Ready or Not was another one. I left it saying that felt like a Sam Raimi movie. And it was great. Yeah. Also had a goat. It did also have a goat, (laughs) which is probably... Also intentional for Sam. Did he also produce Ready or Not? I, I don't know. Like I was did. just thinking that when you said that he produced the other one, because I was like, that felt super Sam Raimi-ish. It was so yeah. silly with the gore. Yeah, it has to, right? I would think. Now I gotta find out. <laughs> uh... Mike, have you seen Ready or Not? No, I haven't. That I, well, I think you would like it. I, feel I like think you would like it better than you would like Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, I think so too. It's it's fun. And Samara Weaving's a really good actor. I mm-hmm. like her. You mean not uh, Margot Robbie? She, yeah, slash not <laughs> the other three blonde actresses who look very similar to both of them. Yeah. He did not produce. He did not produce Ready or Not. Oh. Yep. Which is honestly a surprise. Yeah. Um, also, I think you would like Crawl, too. Um, All right, I didn't yeah, think I, mean, I would, and it was good. Some suggestions. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll go and check some of these out. Yeah, so that's another thing I wanted to talk about that's maybe a little more meta because this is honestly a very simple movie that we don't have a lot to talk about. Um, but uh, what are, like, you, I think you're the, the least horror fan out of the three of us. Um, mm-hmm. So what are the, like, what, what, what do you look for in a horror movie? Like, what are some of your favorites and, like, what sensibilities do you like? 
Um, so, okay, I'd say some of my favorites are Alien. Um, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. The Ring, uh, as, as far as quote-unquote modern type right. um, movies go. The Thing. Um, what else? So you I like, like good The films. Exorcist and The Omen. You know, I guess... Um, I'm more of a, I like things that kind of take themselves seriously mm-hmm. um, type fan, mm. as you can probably tell from this list. Um, trying to think like what the common thread behind some of these are. Um, I mean, there's definitely like the ones that are kind of more spiritual, like Exorcist and Omen. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They're also super, I like. honestly, I, I see what the common thread is and it's, it, which is why I think that you can, you feel it arm's length from Raimi's work, but you also can't totally dismiss it. And it's, yeah. it's got a point of view because think yes. about who directed mm. all those movies. You got Ridley Scott, Richard yeah. Donner, William Friedkin, and John Carpenter. Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All films. Oh, and can... uh, Gore Verbinski. Oh yeah, Gor- yeah, mm. Gorbinsky. Yeah, right. It's like all of them. You can see, you know, like what their types of movies are, mm-hmm. and so um, I really enjoy those types of movies. Yeah, I like the ones that have the kind of Christian supernatural yeah. bent to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also like the Alien um, Among Us type stuff in terms mm. of the thing or Alien, yeah. I guess, to to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, so. I, those are probably like the two competing strands. And then the ring, I think is just like pretty good. Um, yeah. Like suspenseful. It's got like a good vibe to it. Um, I remember that was like kind of one of the first horror movies I saw as a kid. So I think it's mm-hmm. probably also the reason why it has some impact on me. You know, I think everyone's mm-hmm. got one of those, like that's the first horror movie type experiences. Yeah. Um, sure. So that's why I love Poltergeist and the Blair yeah. Witch Project. Yeah. Same. I remember uh, being terrified of Poltergeist. Movie scared yeah, the shit out of me as a kid. Like, top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, have you seen? Oh gosh, um, it totally lost it. Never mind. It just totally vacated my brain. Dang it. Have you seen Rosemary's Baby, Mike? Oh yeah. I feel like yeah. I, was say, I feel like you might like it, but maybe not. I, that one I, I can't tell. If it's a little long and a little slow. Yeah, I've, I've seen parts of it, but I never really sat all the way down through it. Uh, it's I very good. It's the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, Ooh, I interesting. Should go check it out after this. I think it's the scariest movie I've ever seen. I that movie really got under my skin in a big way. I really, yeah. I really like that movie. I don't know if I will see it again in my lifetime. It just, the mm. paranoia of Rosemary trying to convince everyone. Yeah. And just not being believed really mm-hmm. just the way that's presented with like, cause it's a pretty common thing and it's never really yeah. gotten under my skin, but the way it's presented in this was just like, she ends up so desperate to get out of this situation and just can't. Like, it's just, it, yeah. that movie really It's a nightmare. Good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's really good, though, but it's it's very long and very, it's a slow burn if there's ever been a slow burn. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. It's like yeah. two and a half hours, which is super long for horror. <laughs> yeah, um, mm-hmm. I'll probably go and check it out. I mean, horror is admittedly one of my blind spots. Just because sure. I, I just generally don't like most of the ones I see. Yeah. But, I mean, mm-hmm. the ones that are really good do really stick with me. Yeah, this is going to sound like a gotcha type of question because of who I am. But, like, are you a Jaws fan? Uh, I mean, like, I, I like Jaws. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I respect it. Sure. I don't, I think it's like a really good movie. It, it'd be nowhere near like my top movies, right. but I, like, you know, in the sense of, do I respect it technically? Yes. I think it's fantastically made and yeah. it's very, very close to being a perfect movie, but there's yeah. a lot of movies I think that like are perfect that just aren't for me. And yeah. That's yeah. Probably yeah. like one. Mm-hmm. Of them. I was just trying to get a sense. That, that was less, like I said, I got, I got your question. Cause I'm the Jaws guy, but more yeah. of like, I don't think creature features really work for you all that well. Mm. No, generally they don't. Unless there's some sort of like higher level like thing at play, you know, some mm-hmm. theme or whatever. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Because you like Shin Godzilla. Yeah, right. I like I like Shin Godzilla, but I also like Alien, and I like yeah. Aliens. Um, yeah. And those are, I guess are kind of creature features, but um, I mean, Alien to me, one thing that I really like about that is the atmosphere. Like, yeah. I think the, like you really get into the atmosphere of the Nostromo or whatever the ship's name yeah. is and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels very much like a roller coaster because of that. Yeah. Um, that, that movie benefits from what I like to call 1970s things doing things cinematography yes. where it just like, there's like long sequences of like docking and undocking yeah. and very much about like the place. Yes. Mm-hmm. The sense of it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I, my, I would be interested to see what you think about Crawl then, because it's not goofy the way Raimi is. So it's, mm-hmm. it's much more It's a serious. goofy premise. It's a super goofy premise. But 
it plays itself really seriously and very straight. There's like not a joke in that movie whatsoever. Um, mm. But it is also a creature feature, like hardcore, a creature yeah. feature. Um, but I think there's a really effective father-daughter relationship at the, I was gonna uh, say, at the yeah. core of that movie too. It's very endearing. Yeah. So I would be really interested to hear what you have to say about that movie in particular, mm-hmm. just because it's like, I feel like it's very down the middle of like your sensibilities and also maybe some stuff you feel kind of at arm's length with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, consider this a challenge. I'll go and try to watch some of these things and yeah. maybe report back eventually in the follow-up. Yeah. Also, I think Crawl's like an hour and 28 minutes long. Yeah, it's yes. pretty short. Yeah. Yeah, thinking of Crawl reminds me of like kind of how we were talking about Cobra Kai, where it's like the premise is stupid and it shouldn't work, but if you do good character work and build good relationships, then it's it's fun. It's good to watch. Mm. And it's, you know, you're like scared for her because there's gators in the yeah. water everywhere, whatever mm. they are. Yeah, gators. Yeah, it's an hour and 27 minutes, Mike. Okay, okay. I think that's maybe the biggest thing that sold me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once again, lean and mean. Um, not as mean to its characters either. Has dragged me down. Oh, okay. <laughs> Goodness. It's, yeah. it's harder to get much uh, less or harder to get much meaner than sending somebody straight to hell at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. You guys have anything else uh, about Drag Me to Hell? No, I think uh, we've much covered it. Yeah, I will say it did give me a phobia that flies are crawling into my orifices while I sleep. Because <laughs> that scene was so uncomfortable. I remember being uncomfortable when I watched it in theaters and I was uncomfortable rewatching it. I have such a fear of bugs getting into my ears or up my nose. And then when it goes into her nose and out her mouth, I was like, nope, no, no, no. Yeah. I was like, this is what's <laughs> happening to me at night. If I wake up coughing, I assume that there's been a fly in my mouth and that that's what's happened. Sure. Yeah. Uh, in a movie full of gross scares, actually, that's kind of one of the grossest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. He's so good. Yep. Uh, well, just keep in mind that that will only happen to you if you were the <laughs> pork queen. Um, right? What? Yeah. Uh, if I'm a bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, such a good joke. Um, makes me laugh oh, so goodness. hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good. I think it's also, I think it's a perfect movie to show other people. Um, yeah. It's what, like, cause it's got, it's got that sort of goofy quality, like the zaniness and Looney Tunes of it all. Like you kind of, it's really fun to watch other people watch that movie for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, because you just, I don't know. I think if you're, if you have friends over on Halloween and you want something spooky and you guys haven't seen Drag Me to Hell, you guys should watch it. Uh, or if I one agree. of you, if one of you has and no, no one else has, it's definitely it's really fun to watch with a group of people, um, which I think might have affected your enjoyment, Mike. Um, no, I, I think so. Yeah, I think um, if I'd seen it in a packed theater, I can imagine it being a pretty fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a real good time. It's I love showing that movie to people for the first time. That's one of my favorite. That John Wick and What We Do in the Shadows are my three favorite movies to show uh, people for the first time because just like it doesn't like blow their minds, but they're just like, what is happening? <laughs> like this is. I've great. still never seen John Wick. Really? Yes. Whoa. Never. I've never seen a John Wick in my life. All I know is that That's a dog a dies do. and that Keanu Reeves is in it. Oh man! Oh, they're so good. Yeah, well, let's go right here. What, like eight months until the next one? Yeah, yep. seven, eight months. Yep. All right, I'll get on it. You've heard me say this before, Missy. Those movies are my Star Wars. Like, I, I love those movies. It's my favorite franchise. John Wick is my favorite franchise. I don't know how I feel about that statement. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. Like okay. if there was like huh. if there was like John Wick Con where you go to a, a hotel and pay pay with everything with one large gold coin, um, <laughs> it, I would go. Like I I'm such a nerd about those movies and like I really am curious to see what you would have to say about those those movies, especially as they get buck wild the more they go on. Yeah, they do. I am too. I feel like I'll either really really enjoy them mm-hmm. or I'll really not like them. Like, I, I can't see me being ambivalent towards them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know anyone who doesn't like them. That's yeah. that's also a thing. I have not met anybody or heard anybody talk about it negatively. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're all right, pretty I'll give it a shot. They're, I think they're all three really good. I think yeah. two's the best. I think my ranking is two, three, one on that. I would agree with you. Yep. Yeah, I think... I think three could have been the best if some fat had been trimmed. It's a little long in the tooth for what it is, for sure. But two's great. Two's like a perfect action movie. I love, yeah, I love that yeah, movie. Yeah. Two, I will watch like any time. Yeah. 
Yeah, two is a movie I saw once and then like had perfect recall of everything that happened in it for mm-hmm. until I saw it the second time and I was, and it was I didn't see it again until just before the third one came out. Yeah, I'm gonna say something prov- provocative and say that like two is one of those like perfect sequels. Like, Yo, yeah, the, like the Empire Strikes Back like of sequels. Yeah, no, I movie. super agree. It, yeah, yep, it's a great movie sequel. It just is across any genre, but like, also it's just a great action movie too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So now, Missy, you got to watch them. Yep. Okay. Now that we've overhyped the shit out of John Wick for you. Uh, I know. I'm like, like stop shit. talking because now I'm going to go in with <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I just have my own personal hangups when people are telling me I'm going to like something and then I watch it and then I'm going in with an automatic like, I'm not going to like this just yeah. because I'm the grumpy old guy from Up yeah. with everything. No, we're, we're not promising you're going to like them, but you should. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is definitely one of the because, like, I feel like I recommend a lot of movies to people. Where I'm like, if you don't like this, I get it. But this is one where it's like, if you don't like this, that's your problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got to figure your own life out. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's fair. I'm sorry you were kicked in the head by a horse if you don't like yep. it. Right. <laughs> uh, cool plugs, Mike. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, I mean, besides my usual plugs, go check out my books on Amazon. Look under Michael A. Moray, and you'll find two books that are, I think, worth your reading enjoyment. Uh, it's coming out the 29th. Are you still doing a giveaway, or is that since ended? Um, the giveaway is ending today. However, I'm going to have a reduced price for um, my second book for the next 10 or so days. So by the time nice. this gets released, I think um, that sale will still be going. For a couple more and, days. And uh, look forward, yeah. Well, And also just like look forward um, to our upcoming movie that we're making, which I will talk about in further detail in future podcasts. awesome there we go yeah that word was more difficult than it should have been (laughs) missy you have anything to plug besides your free big gulp i was gonna say everybody go to the chevron on ming and ash and well i mean not really unless you're me because i got a free big gulp today and i'm very thrilled about that so well you also live literally in the same parking lot this is true how did you know that's what i was gonna plug we share Uh, a brain (laughs) from colorado to bakersfield yep i was just i was just doing a bit because I'm Beetlejuice. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. Um, Let's Jaws for a minute is my other podcast. Uh, we're currently we went through Jaws minute by minute. Um, we're currently going through Spielberg's movies from Duel through Hook. Uh, and yeah, this is releasing the same day as Temple of Doom, so you can go listen. We talk about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which is not a particularly spooky Halloween movie, but there's some horror elements to it for sure. Um, Do we get a spoiler alert? What are what are your thoughts? Do you like that one? Uh, yes, yes, huh. yes. So I do like it. Um, I think it's the second weakest Indiana Jones movie. Um, I like it because I. It, it's think the weakest. This... Uh, Glass Gold is or Crystal Gold does not count as an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> um, but I think. There's not as much going on story-wise. There's not as much going on, like, with the characters as I would like. The script is not that good, but... There's a lot going on with racist depictions. That too. However... So that's fun. <laughs> however, the set pieces, the filmmaking, mm. the score, the cinematography, the lighting, it's all so dialed in. Like, it just looks so cinematic while you're watching that movie especially because i just watched the 4k of it like it just the movie looks so good and the way the set pieces kind of snowball into one another and then snowball into even bigger more complicated things it's loud it's annoying the characters are terrible uh willie's one of the worst characters it's so loud it's so loud but i can't fully dismiss it because like the set pieces are so like cool and exciting and like I sure. really I really like the minecart chase. Like some of it's aged a little poorly as far as like how it looks. Um but like the sets look really great. Like the the Kali Ma temple or the the Thuggy temple looks super cool. The scene on the bridge is great. Uh this might be weird to say, but Harrison Ford has never been hotter in a movie than he is in Temple <laughs> of Doom. He looks so good in that movie. Um <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a complicated one for me. It's not like yeah, it's not it's not an outright love the way I have for Raiders and Last Crusade, for sure. Right. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's how I feel about Temple of Doom. But 
that's it. You can find both those. If you're wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can find Let's Shots for a minute there. Uh, unless you're listening to this on the SoundCloud app, which is insane. Don't do that. Why would you do that? The SoundCloud app sucks. Uh, yep. Uh, until next time, uh, just existing is the bad guy, according to this. Bad movie. guy. There you go. <laughs>